we are back. We are here to record our September preview. Thank you for everyone sticking with us while we took a break over the summer. Did you have a nice summer, Lindsay? I did. How about you two? Pretty good. It was great. Got to travel. Yeah. Nice. And I hope our listeners had a good time as well. Absolutely. So just to let everyone know the plan going forward, we will have preview and review episodes, one each, uh, every month, September, October, November. Jose will continue to occasionally host special episodes, and there may be another special episode or two thrown in occasionally. But you can pretty much bank on first Wednesday of the month preview, third Wednesday of the month review. And then, of course, we will have our year-end extravaganza in December, which will hopefully be wonderful as always. So this is the September preview, and as always, we shall start with introductions. Liz, who are you? I'm Liz from Fuck Yeah, Great Plays. And Penny Maria? Um, I am PM. I'm an arts enthusiast and advocate, and I'm the marketing director at the Apollo Theater. Okay, we have each picked three shows we are excited to see this month. And the rules of our previews are that they must be beyond Broadway. They must open in September, which I will freely admit I'm slightly breaking one of that that rule. And they can't all be by white people. So, Liz, why don't you start us off? All right, I'm going to start us off with K-pop at Ars Nova, which is a Woodshed Collective and My Yi. So... Uh, Ars Nova is this great incubator that we all know, I think, now because of Great Comet, but it has been around forever uh, for helping new artists really gain their footing in an an unusual and very supportive space. And Maiyi is another creative incubator that focuses on Asian American artists. So this is an awesome pairing of uh, just two really supportive, fun networks of artists coming together, which is the main reason I'm excited about this show. Um, So this is a new immersive musical dance party that focuses on K-pop, which is the Korean pop music machine, which is really what it is. If you know a little bit about it, uh, Korean K-pop bands have like 30 members and they have these huge auditions and they bring people through and it's sort of like the old school MGM studio rule where the they have a manager and the manager controls every aspect of their image who they're yeah. dating what they're looking like their haircuts their clothes everything and then you can age out and you can be replaced like it's it's a little bit sports team it's a little bit old hollywood uh, and it is a very well oiled machine So this immersive show takes you behind the scenes of a Korean pop record label. You have the ability to follow a couple of different performers on the label, from what I understand. There's a solo artist. I think there's a boy band. uh, And you can kind of move around within that. So I don't know an awful lot about K-pop besides the videos that I have seen. And they are so big and fun and like hyper bright you know it's taking regular pop music and turning it up to like 15 it's just it's so much uh which is what i love about it i can't understand a word of it but it's so big and colorful and wild and i think it'll really suit an immersive 
background or a, a setup. Without, like I said, I don't know an awful lot about K-pop, but knowing the people involved and that sort of structure, I think it'll be really fun. I, I mean, I've never seen a bad production out of Ars Nova, to be mm. very honest. I love going there. It's always fun. They're always doing really interesting things. And I think that Great Comet now has really put them on the map and they're one to watch. And this should be just a really cool show. And I know it's selling pretty fast. So get your tickets. Did you mention the artist names? Jason Kim wrote the book, Music and Lyrics by Helen Park and Max Vernon. Oh, Max Vernon. There we go. And then uh, Kreef by Jennifer Weber and directed by Teddy Bergman. Yes, very much looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested, I would suggest getting your tickets yeah. before they're gone. Yeah, I will also point out it is not at Ars Nova. Oh. Right. It is at the ART New York space on 53rd Street. Oh, yeah. They probably need something a little bit larger for what they're doing. But that's a really cool space. It, it lends is, itself yeah. to like a lot of freedom. You can do almost anything with that theater. So yeah, it's going to be cool. Okay, Penny Maria. All right, so first up on my list is On the Shore of the Wide World by Simon Stevens at Atlantic Theater Company. Each season I try to see a few shows there. And um, this one, I piqued my interest because the creator is also the creator of The Curious Incident on the Dog in the Nighttime. So I was like, hmm, okay, they're partnering with Atlantic Theater Company. Let me go see what that's about. Um, The description for the show right now is um, very limited. Basically, it's about a family and how they're going to change. The show takes place over nine months. And I guess, like I said, I'm very interested because of the creators, because of the theater um, that's presenting it. And then also a few of the cast members, Blair Brown, currently she's on Orange is the New Black, and she was also on Fringe, but she's won a Tony Award before, and I didn't get to see her on Broadway, and she's actually coming back to Broadway. So that's another reason I really want to check this show out. And then also um, Amelia Workman is another current cast member, and I got to see her at Signature Theater in Susie Susan Laurie Parks's The Death of the Last Black Man in the Whole Entire World. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that was an ensemble show, but I thought that she stood out from some of the other characters. So I'm interested in seeing her work in this show as well. And yeah, I'm just really curious to see how it's going to come together. I'm looking forward to the staging of it and the whole ensemble cast. And it's, it's a good mix so far. It looks like uh, the cast is interracial has people from different backgrounds, so I'm always curious when I see shows um, that are promoting opportunities for all actors um, working together in one production. So hopefully it'll be great. The show opens in, yeah, September, as we said. So it's going to be, hopefully, a great production. Very good. The show I am going to talk about first is the show I am the most excited to see come the fall. And it is a bit of a departure for me in one sense, which is that it's being produced by Roundabout Theater, which is not a theater company (laughs) that I usually get very excited about. And I don't know if the Maximum Podcast has literally ever covered a Roundabout show because despite there being one of, if not the largest theater producer in the entire city, uh, they don't usually provide programming that I find very appealing. Mm -hmm. That being said, the show they are producing first up in their black box theater 
is Too Heavy for Your Pocket. It is by playwright Jeray Breen Holder and directed by Margot Bordelon. And it is a play about the Freedom Riders uh, set in Tennessee in 1961, which is an amazing part of our history mm-hmm. and a story from the civil rights movement that is very, uh, I mean, the individuals who participated in that were so courageous. Yeah. And this is a behind the scenes look at an individual in Nashville who was contemplating participation and who made great personal sacrifice to participate. And I think while this is a fictionalized uh, story, I think that the choices that individuals make in that context are just so inspiring. So I am very, very excited about it. It had a production down at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta that was very well received, and I've heard just high, high praise for this show. So I'm so excited for it. A few years ago, I went on a long road trip visiting civil rights venues, museums, and historical memorials in the South, and I actually didn't make it to Nashville. It's still on my to-do list. But I did go to Montgomery, uh, where there is a museum to the Freedom Riders. And that part of that history is prominently included in all major civil rights museums. So, and, And during that trip, so this was in 2015. So it was post Hamilton. And I remember thinking, this part of history is so ready for theater the history here the stories the heroes the villains this needs to be told more in our theaters and i think that there are so many opportunities for both plays and musicals to tell the actual history but also fictionalized versions and i am just really really excited about this particular play and one of the great things about the black box at the roundabout is that the tickets are only 25 dollars so this starts performances on September 15th. Here's where I'm cheating a little bit. It technically opens October 5th, but I mm-hmm. wanted to tell folks about it on this podcast because I do think this is going to sell very well, and if folks want to get tickets to this, they're going to need to act more quickly than previewing it in October would allow. So mm-hmm. that is my first pick. Yeah, we should keep buying tickets so that can keep supporting it maybe roundabout all well, yeah. realize <laughs> that there's some money there there's mm-hmm. money to be made in those stories yes and perhaps stories like this will get out of the black box theater and into the larger exactly. theaters which would be nice this is they have to start somewhere and we got to support them when they're small so that they can get big definitely okay yeah. next totally. list well sorry to follow up your wonderful discussion of mm-hmm. freedom writers with um trump lear but uh <laughs> We're going to talk about Trump Lear by David Carl, which is at under St. Mark's. So I know we're probably all up to our ears in political theater at this point. I know that I have a little bit of a saturation point. That said, David Carl is an amazing monologist, writer, comedian, musician, everything. And you may have caught him in the last couple years he's been touring around with a show called David Carl's Celebrity One Man Hamlet formerly known as Gary Busey One Man Hamlet which was David Carl playing Gary Busey trying to do a one man Hamlet and it was 
I, I went in expecting sort of a one note joke, like, oh, I'll have a good time. But it was so smart. And it really became about the nature of fate, like fame versus infamy and talent and fame and how one doesn't necessarily indicate the other and, and where you find that. But in a very smart and incredibly funny way. Also, he's a really good impressionist. I don't say that lightly because sometimes mm-hmm. I, I've seen so many bad impressions in my life. So this is a show that he's been developing, workshopping. Uh, I think I've heard about it since last year before, before the uh, election. So David Carl plays a writer named Carl David who is imprisoned for playing King Lear as Trump and is now given the chance to recreate to save his own life as Trump. Look, (laughs) it's confusing to me, too. Um, But knowing his... The way he took on Gary Busey and Hamlet and, and all of that in the last one, I have faith that this show can have something that's very funny and thought-provoking and well done and funny. So even though I don't know how much political theater I can handle at this moment, yeah. I feel like this will be fun. And they also... This has been running for a while, and they're bringing it back on Saturday afternoons in September at 2 p.m. So... Cool. Yeah. All right. Speaking about politics, let's jump to the 1850s <laughs> or the original uh, uh, version, anyway. So now I'm going to talk about the Red Letter Plays by Susan Laurie Parks, which are um, being performed at the Signature Theater. She's in her residency one program there. Um, she did a lot of work last year, and now this season she's coming back with two shows. Fucking A and also In the Blood. And they're both different versions of The Scarlet Letter, uh, which was originally written by Nathaniel Hawthorne. So she had an idea um, about the book and she decided to write a play. Then she like threw it away, wrote another play, which is um, In the Blood. So it was her second attempt. But ultimately she wound up writing both plays and they've always existed um, independently. And Signature Theater has allowed her to bring both plays back and they're being performed in tandem. I'm really excited about In the Blood. Hester La Negrita is the main character in this one and she's a, a poor mother. She has five kids. Each each child has a different father and all of the men in her community are really condemning her and you know she's trying to survive her life and you know this show's going to talk about the devastating consequences um of this of this experience so i don't know i'm like i'm i really want to see both but i'm more interested of course in the blood because of the cast members and i don't know i i feel like i'll be more um i'll maybe i'll identify more with the characters in this particular version of the spinoff of the book it starts um august 29th and signature theater in case you didn't know all of their shows are 30 dollars because of an initiative they have so you actually can see both in there you know they tell you see one or both but I'll probably see In the Blood first, and then if I have time, I'll see the other show as well. 
I'm really excited about Saekhan. I've seen her in quite a few productions. I saw her um, in Fela, I saw her in Hair, and most recently in Eclipse. And I feel like each time I see her on stage, she just gets better. So now to be able to see her in a more intimate setting, I'm really exciting. Um, excited to see, like, I don't know, how she's going to play this character and how that's all going to go. And again, Signature Theater always is kind of pushing the limit, letting playwrights, you know, do some things that aren't so much traditional, especially with Susan Laurie Parks. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see how this all will turn out, you know. And I, I know that it's becoming more and more of a trend for people to take something traditional and kind of reinvent it. That way you get the audience who knows the traditional and the people who are interested in the new. So it's a good mix. It's a good model. Hopefully the audience will be mixed as well. And um, <laughs> I mean, because you never know. <laughs> this is true. Um, oh, so, yes. yes. <laughs> you know, be like a Freedom Riders, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Everyone together. Uh, see I just, show. How often do you get, not only do you get a playwright who's addressing the same material in two different ways, mm-hmm. but then you get the opportunity to see, see both, both of them. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I love that idea. I love mm-hmm. that Signature is doing it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see both. I want to yeah. like pick apart and see how thoughts evolve between yes. the pieces and how they talk to each other. I, exactly. I don't know. I think this is such a cool idea. It really is. I'm excited for that as well. I have, I'm actually a member at the Signature this year. I decided mm-hmm. to become a member mm-hmm. there. And I really wanted to cover those plays on the podcast, but they don't care about podcast coverage and they wouldn't give us press tickets. Oh, <laughs> no. So our contributors couldn't go. So, no. so sorry, Wait, folks. I have a friend over there. I can reach out and see if there's anything she could do. All right. You know, I get it. We're a measly little podcast, but we would love to cover your show. We're the future. And when when I laugh about your diverse theater audiences, like if you're only giving press tickets to mainstream media, exactly. What do you expect? Print is dying. Who are you attracting to your shows? That's why I'm Mm -hmm. saying I know someone of color there who maybe they can, you know. You well, know, pass I already along have idea. my tickets because I paid for them. Oh, but okay, I would okay, like okay. to bring two contributors so we exactly. can have a conversation as opposed to me monologuing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, <laughs> yes, I'm very excited about that and I'm glad that they're doing those shows. Yeah. Okay, so my uh, second show that I want to talk about is quite a hard sell. <laughs> Oh. On me, personally. Okay. <laughs> but you're, you're plugging it, so it must have done something. <laughs> well, and I'll explain that. So the play is The Rape of the Sabine Women by Grace B. Matthias. That's the title. Mm-hmm. The play is by Michael Yates Crowley, and it is directed by Tyne Raffaelli, and this is being produced by Playwrights Realm. So this is a play about rape culture, which is a topic that I have little interest in seeing a play about. Moreover, I have additional little interest in seeing a play about rape culture written by a man. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I have great faith in Playwrights Realm. I have seen all of the last productions they've done there for at least, I think, the last two years. They've all been excellent. And it's not that I think men don't have anything to say about rape culture. I'm just highly skeptical about their ability to do so in a way that is not extremely offensive and or condescending and or mansplaining. Yeah. So all that being said... I did read the entirety of the website, uh, Playwrights Realm. They have an interview with both the playwright and the director about this play. And uh, everything they said was right on point. So I am actually looking forward to seeing this play. I am approaching it with some skepticism. But I'm definitely giving it what I think is a fair chance. 
and, and, and I will say that is almost exclusively due to my faith in Playwrights Realm. I mm -hmm. just think they are such a fantastic producing organization and they I have are. so much respect for them. And so we will be covering this on the mid-September episode. And I will just add in terms of what this play is about, a 15-year-old woman is raped and this play is about the aftermath of that event and how culture and the media and our society really burden the victim mm -hmm. in these sexual assault cases and really torment how like there's the rape which is you know horrific but then there's the aftermath of that which is I think I have heard some rape survivors say as bad if not worse than the incident itself yeah so I think this looks very interesting. Uh, one thing, in addition to thinking that they produce great stuff, I really respect Playwrights Realm and their effort to make their shows accessible to new and lower income audiences. So if you, I think this will come out after this, but if you had bought a ticket to one of their first week of shows, they're only between one and five dollars. And then their performances between September 1st and September 9th start at $30. And then the performances between September 12th and 23rd are 45. So I really respect their, mm -hmm. uh, the way they do an escalating price on their tickets. So yeah. that's my second show. And then also just let's drop a note about the Playwrights Realm. We also previously reviewed Sojourners and her Portman too, mm -hmm. and they are the theater company that um, allowed Mofaniso to do those shows here in New York. So, I mean, and those shows were phenomenal. So let's hope, you know, that this show is really... I have, I have every expectation powerful. that it will yeah. be. I will just say, like, upon reading the description, I was like, hard yeah. pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand like, well, that. things I don't want. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's not that I don't want there to be theater about rape culture. I do. I just am From a man, somewhat too. skeptical yeah. of yeah. its ability to communicate well. And I, But I have faith that this will come through. I, all right, I shouldn't say I have faith. I am hopeful. Hmm. I'm hopeful. Let's hope. Yes. Oh, and I should say, this is at the Duke on 42nd Street. Oh. Okay, nice. Liz, number three. Alrighty. Uh, so, well, sticking with rape culture, oh this boy. is a little bit, Ooh. I, I would I would dare say... <laughs> it's getting heavy. Sorry. Yeah. So I Too will, heavy for my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Diana O at Rattlestick doing... My Lingerie Play 2017, The Concert and Call to Arms, seven exclamation points, the final installation. That is a wow. lot of exclamation seven? points. Seven, I believe. I think I was counting. Maybe it's wow. nine. It's quite a bit, and I want to make Honestly, sure I'm doing it. That's more than is necessary. Come on. I, I'm, I want to make sure I'm doing it justice. She's like, you're going to stop when you see this title. You're going to be okay. excited about it. <laughs> so. Interesting. Uh, so if you are somewhat around the the downtown theater scene the last couple of years, you've definitely encountered Diana O in some way, shape, or form. Uh, she's a performer. She's a writer. She's a musician. She does art installation. She's all over the place. And my lingerie play has been a multi-year project for her. Uh, if you've not heard of her through any of those other outlets, you may have seen her in black a black negligee standing in the middle of Times Square with a box says I'm not asking for it. Um so she's gone all over the US doing these sort of mini installations 
based around a little bit about rape culture. It's not that's not the full focus. It was just a segue that I used. Um, <laughs> it's more about catcalling, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. It's sort of about feminist feminism and femininity and how mm-hmm. those intersect and yeah. being feminine and being strong and and how those mm-hmm. go together. So she's gone all over the U.S. doing installations with this. Uh, the thing about her standing on her soapbox in Times Square in her underwear went on. It was on Upworthy. It was on HuffPo, Marie Claire. It was everywhere. So this is, I assume from the title, uh, the concert and call to arms, exclamation points, uh, final installation. So from what I understand, this is part monologue, part concert, uh, tying in all of these themes together. So I have kept tabs on this every time it's popped up. I've watched the little videos, seen how it's going. So I'm interested to see how all of these pieces tie together. Mm-hmm. Um, also, her band is pretty amazing, and I'm assuming she's coming with the same band. I can't actually find it on their website. But her band is all uh, queer people of color, which is oh. awesome. So, yeah, so she's at the Rattlestick, and that goes September 27th to October 28th. And she does do, so there's, a, there's student tickets, and there's regular tickets. There's also a $20 artist ticket. Uh, I don't know exactly how they verify that, but I think that's a cool option to have. And I think that's pretty neat of Rattlestick to do. Now, Liz, we can't talk about this without mentioning the time you participated in the lingerie yes, play. I so did. please tell us that story. Yes. I did. A couple years ago, they gathered Jasper volunteers in Union Square mm-hmm. and got, I don't even remember how many, maybe 40, 50 uh, people to stand in lingerie in Union Square for hours. Wow. Um, with signs talking about why they were there Mm -hmm. and i did that i stood there for four hours oh my god in a negligee um it was so scary but it was really exhilarating and like really beautiful to be a part of that Mm. with so many people um yeah and so it's very it's very close to my heart and it was a really interesting piece to be a part of just for that like little sliver so you're so brave. I know. Oh, it was real scary. Well, yeah, you have to but. see how everything comes together for sure. Then. Yeah. And it was this, the, the big kicker. Cause I actually, I got to, I got to union square early and I had my like little like negligee on under my clothes and I was like waiting. Cause what do you, yeah. everyone went to union square and then stripped down and I was in there and this guy would not leave me alone. <gasps> oh, the more I kept being like, I'm not, I'm just here. I'm just getting my coffee. I'm just going to sit. <gasps> and he's like, what are you doing? What's, hey, what's up? What's going on? And I was like, all right, well, now I have to go do this installation. Like, cross the street. <laughs> I'm angry. I'm ready. Um, but it was really great. So, Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's an experience for you. Um, now I'm going to talk about... The Peculiar Patriot. Yes. By, oh, yeah. Yes. By Eliza Jesse Peterson at National Black Theater. Um, and I don't know, just the title alone um, really grabs your attention because especially right now living in this country, I feel like so many of us are peculiar patriots. It's <laughs> like, you know, you're like, well, I'm here. This is 
this is my country, but is it really? I'm, I'm not sure. It doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like or what it used to look like or what I hoped for it to look like. But this show in particular, um, and, and actually, let me just tell you that, like the show you were just talking about, this artist has been presenting variations all over as well. And this is actually the official world premiere, which is going to happen at National Black Theater. Previews start September 13th, and it, it opens officially on September 17th. Um, and this show, uh, it, it follows the protagonist of Betsy Laquanda Ross. So right there you get, you know, it's a little <laughs> intersectionality going on. <laughs> um, but um, basically, um, she rakes, makes regular visits to penitentiaries and jails to support her friends and family. Um, really try to be there for them, bring them hope. Um, she takes even gossip back to the community from those who are locked up. Um, but it's all about how she's trying to kind of independently fight the prison industrial complex system um, that's here in this country. It's like, what can she do to help? That's support her community in and outside of the prison. And I mean, right now, there are over like two and a half million people behind bars, and this is a serious issue. Um, and I'm so proud that MBT has like taken this on and is going to produce this work. They always do things that are like pushing the boundary, especially when it comes to people of color and the not so you know pleasant lives uh, that people experience here in the states. And I think this is an important piece to that puzzle. And the show is actually going to have some artwork or the production art is going to be created by Byron McRae, who um, is. Uh, Harlem artist who I know he just his work is so amazing I've seen some of his paintings and they're realistic and they kind of capture traditional like African qualities with those of modern day black people in the states like I mean everything he does is just so amazing so I'm interested to see how it's going to come together at MBT and um, yeah I mean this is something that we need to talk about MBT is bringing it to the forefront. And this and this woman, Liza, she's actually, um, when I mentioned previously, that she's been performing this all around. She actually opened for Angela Davis at Columbia University's conference, like on mass incarceration. Wow. Um, so it's like, you know, hopefully that will bring a draw in of people from, from the community. Um, you know, I'm so glad that she's doing this work and presenting it on her voice, I know that second stage a while ago, I, I forget the name of the show, but they did something where uh, yeah. there was a white woman who went into uh, prisons and worked specifically with like black young men yeah. and kind of tried to sell the story. That was whirling a loop. Is that yes, what it was? That, yes, thank yeah. you. That is it. Um, that was living somewhere in the back of my yes, brain. I don't know why. Impressive. Nagging at yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> this is going to be a more genuine, more intimate uh, version of the story. More, I guess, honest in some ways, seeing it from this perspective. Because this woman, it's not just a, sh a show that she wrote, but she actually did this. She went around the country performing and talking to inmates all over. So um, this, is, this is the time for it. Time is now. I'm very excited for that show. If you all have not been up to the National Black Theater, you need to get yourselves up there because they produce great work. Yes, they do. Okay, my final show is Mary Jane by Amy Herzog. If you're not familiar with Amy's work, she is a wonderful playwright who produces what I would call like very traditional 
plays, often set literally in living rooms. Some that you may have heard of are 4,000 Miles, that was at Lincoln Center. After the Revolution, that was at Playwrights. Belleville was at New York Theater Workshop, where Mary Jane is also being produced, and The Great God Pan, which was at Playwrights Horizons. I've seen all of those plays, and they were all great. Yes. I think she is a fantastic playwright who produces work that is very exciting, and empathetic, and realistic, and naturalistic, which, you know, I can only take so many of those types of plays a year, um, but when Amy has a new play out, she's on my list of people who, obviously, I see everything she produces. This play is about a mother who is struggling to take care of her chronically ill child. It is being directed by Anne Kaufman. That is very exciting. She's a wonderful director whose work we talk about a lot on here. And it is starring Carrie Coon, who um, is a fantastic theater actress who... Um, many may remember from Virginia Woolf on God, Broadway. She was she's so, so good in so it. So good. But has recently come to like TV acclaim on, I think, like a lot of HBO shows. Honestly, yeah. I don't watch them, but um, she is kind of a darling of the moment. Nice to get her back in a theater. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> especially an intimate one like New York yeah. Theater Workshop. So this star's performances on the 6th and 7th. Those tickets are only $30, but they're sold out. So then the tickets during the remainder of the preview period, September 8th through the 16th, those tickets are $50, and September 19th through October 15th, those are $70. So this concludes our September preview. What are you guys seeing coming up? Oh, what are I seeing other than yeah. those things I just mentioned? Yeah. Anything oh, look, else? you have your calendar already. I don't have Yeah, you start. Yeah. You start. I, I do I ask. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've got my tickets for K-pop, so I'm yes. ready. Um, and In the Blood. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Macbeth, which you may also know as the Macbeth in a shipping container, which you oh. may also know as the Macbeth that Nicole Saratori went and saw and was the only audience member one night. Wow, Um, and you're doing that? I'm going to go sit in a shipping (laughs) container with a bunch of strangers for an hour. Uh, I don't know. I've been so intrigued by that ever since I heard that story from Nicole that I want to go see it. Now you have to. I want to go see what's going on. It sounds so weird. I want to (laughs) go. And then... It's, I'm on a little bit of a theater break because I'm actually working on a show of my own, which is called Friends Call Me Albert, mm. which is about Albert Einstein and his former wife, Maleva, Maleva Merrick, who was also a great physicist and wrote all of his papers and then was cut out of the Nobel Prize winnings. Of course. <laughs> so uh, Also, there's puppets, so mm. it's great. Um, but that's, that's what I've got coming up. All right, Lindsay. The only thing I have tickets for that is something we didn't talk about is something the public theater is doing, which we don't usually cover the public on this podcast because I do consulting work for them and Jack works for them and we just have too many conflicts of interest. But with that disclaimer, their public works production is coming up. They're doing As You Like It. If you have never been to public works, it is one of the great annual theater events in this city. It is inspiring and heartwarming in a way that is unlike any other performance or theater event I have ever attended. They put on a Shakespeare play with original music, in this case by Shana Taub, and they have you know, your high-profile actors in most of the primary roles. 
And then they bring in these community groups to perform whatever their specialty is. It might be capoeira, it might be drums, it might be ballet, it might be roller skates, whatever. I also saw the New York City Taxi and Limousine Commission uh, two years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in it. (laughs) It was delightful. It is so wonderful. And if you are a cynical, hard-hearted person, this will melt through every defense you have. It is so wonderful. I cannot recommend these performances enough. In the past, they've done only, I think, like three. Three, I think this year they're doing five. Oh, fantastic. The tickets are free, just like for Shakespeare in the Park. You have to line up. I cannot recommend this any more highly. It is such a wonderful event. It, it is so inspiring. You leave so excited about like the people of New York and the community that's here. It's just, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. I've not had the opportunity to go yet. Um, oh. You know, but I'm well, looking Penny forward Maria. to it. I have, yeah. a, I have a plus one. This is perfect. Let me know when and we'll do it. I will. I mean, you know, I've done Shakespeare in the Park, but no, I need to have this more. We will this discuss. is like yeah, next level. Like I need yeah, this yeah, experience yeah. in my yeah. life. Okay, cool. Um, so I do plan on seeing the Red Letter Plays, as mentioned, and also Peculiar Patriot. Um, and also, um, usually I just go to whatever I'm invited to. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you know, tickets are so expensive and she has student loans, but <laughs> um, I'm also interested in seeing Charm that's going to be at MCC. Yep. Um, yeah. So, right? It's like now there's more space in theater for the people who actually are so artistic already. Um, so this story is about um, an older black transgendered woman um, in Chicago uh, scene. So I really want to see that. Yes, directed by Will Davis. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. His work is wonderful. So Men on boats. Yeah. And I then um, also Signature Theater is going to be one of Edward Albee's shows. <laughs> and I just, you know... <laughs> Theater of the absurd is always interested, interesting to me. So I'm like, huh, what are they doing over there with that? <laughs> so no, again, I cannot believe you brought up your album. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just I so planned. crazy. <laughs> yeah, because it's so insane to me. It's like something that you know you don't expect. Like when you're looking for a traditional, like cathartic, good theater experience. But I'm always curious to see how people are going to pull it off. I don't know. You're like, no, never mind. That's true. No, but that's what I honestly like, how the hell are you like, going to do that? What's that going to look like? I was pretty seriously considering skipping that even as a subscriber. Yes. <laughs> but now you've you reawakened like... my interest. Out of, I mean... out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then... Yeah, you can do, you know, what you want. I feel like we're the only theater coverage. Like, I'll be, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm going to go see Macbeth in a shipping container. Exactly. Like, yeah, let's do that instead. Yeah, that sounds more reliable. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's just one of the things I'm like, you know, interested in. And I'll keep my eye out this fall. Absolutely fabulous. Thank you all. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Maximu Theater and Performance Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or opinions that differ from our own, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us all on Twitter. Maximu is at Maximu. Penny Maria is at Penny Maria. Liz is at Miss Liz Richards. And I'm at Lindsay Behrens. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we have merch. You can buy coffee mugs, tote bags, and stickers with your favorite Maximu-isms on them. You can get to the store via Maximu.com. All proceeds go to helping the podcast improve our sound quality. We'll be back in mid-September. See you then. Theatrical Media.